We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The percentage of the prize pool awarded to first place, and then you'll also see a top 10 percentage if at least 50 people in the contest get paid. This contest does not qualify for that. but we can look at a different contest, and now we have a first place percentage and also the top 10 percentage. You'll also notice some numbers here in parentheses after the M. The M stands for multi-entry. The numbers in parentheses are another feature of the extension that just shows the number of entries a particular user has in the contest so far. The other thing offered up in the lobby is for small contests, and by that I mean five or fewer total entrants. So if we click here and sort, we'll see all these little user icons. When you hover over it, it tells you who is already entered into a contest. So you can look through and quickly see if you want to avoid a certain user, who you would be playing in that contest if you were to enter it. Let's move on over now to the lineups page, where we have the player exposure and the lineup naming features. We also have a not starting feature, which will show you for your lineups. If you have a player that isn't in the starting lineup, I would need to change this lineup to get that. But for soccer and MLB lineups, sometimes that will be the case. So if I were to edit this lineup, I would need to turn on hide non-starters and find somebody like Troy Tulowitzki and assign my lineup, I will get a notification at the top telling me 
you've got somebody not in the starting lineup. Here it is. Check your lineups. You have one player not in the starting lineup. Well, if I then take out Tulowitzki, that banner will go away. So if we put Bogarts back in, that will fix itself. Now notice this feature won't work if you have 150 lineups because not all of this DraftKings data gets loaded on the page at once. So we'll only be able to scroll through so many lineups and look for that no trespassing symbol. But it's still helpful if you have a lot of lineups and are looking to make sure you've got everybody playing. Um, so that's what the little red banner is for. We'll move on next to lineup naming. If I were to name this cash or head-to-head, -head, then I can save that name by just simply clicking outside of the box. You can put up to 20 characters in for a lineup name for any of your lineups. They will save across the different tabs, so as this lineup moves to a live or recent tab, it should still have its lineup name until we clear it, which we can do by just hitting clear lineup names, and then you notice it disappeared. If I go back and just name it again head-to-head, -head, I can find it again later by naming any different lineup that I wish. And it's as simple as that. The big feature on this page is the player exposure options. We have different filters for them. The first filter is to filter by total entries or unique lineups. This is going to group them into large buckets and determine how many times each lineup should count. So right now, total entries, this has a weight of 18, and this one would just be one and one more. So we have 20 in the total entries bucket for that kind of calculation. And then we have the different ways that those lineups can further be filtered out. So we can group them by slate, group them by game style, or group all by sport. So on this page, you'll see we've got classic lineups and then showdown lineups. And I've got 18 classic and two showdown. So if I were to group all by sport, these numbers are going to change now. Wade Miley went to 90% and Porcello the same. And now I've got 95% on Freddie Freeman, since he's in a showdown lineup, and 5% for anybody else in a showdown lineup that's not in my classic lineup. Well, I can change this to unique lineups, and that's going to make everybody 33%, 67%, or 100%. The status will be different, so if I'm looking at upcoming lineups, I can't compare them over to my live lineups or my recent lineups. If I go look at my recent lineups, I'll do the, I can do the same thing here on this golf slate. I just have one slate, so it won't matter if I group by, by sport or slate. They're all going to be in the same calculation. But notice, I have this new feature where I have turned off this lineup from the count. It doesn't have any blue exposure numbers here because I have it disabled currently. So this is my cash lineup that I used. So basically, if I want to turn that off and look at just my GPP lineups that were in a particular contest, I can do so. If I switch this over to total entries, it will change my exposure numbers slightly here because some of these lineups were entered in two contests. Some were only entered one time. I can turn off this lineup, and it will save my settings. So if I were to go to the upcoming page and then come back, I would see that it remembered I had those two golf lineups turned off. And same thing, I can turn them on whenever I want. So now if I were to add my cash lineup into my total exposure here, I want to look at my total entries. I ended up with 81% Matsuyama. And if I change that to unique lineups, he's only in 36%. Because I clearly didn't play him in a ton of 
my tournament lineups, but being on my cash lineup, it's going to make a huge difference in the number here. So see, 30%. He was on three of my 10 different tournament lineups here. So that's a cool new feature that is really useful because the settings will be saved across all your lineups. So as you come and go from the lineups page, it will remember what it needs to know. And you can just reset them as you wish and go through here. Maybe in the future we'll add something where I can even see an overview of different contests and what you have turned on and what you have turned off. But that's how those green buttons work now. All right, last page over here we're going to look at is my contacts page. In the history, when I'm looking at a live or a completed contest, if I go to this birdie contest here, underneath the standings there is a button for any contest that has a prize pool of at least $5,000 or more, and I believe it needs to have 10 or more total entries in the contest, you will see a View Contest on Rotogrinders ResultsDB link. You can click that and interact directly with ResultsDB for that particular contest. So, here we go. Here are the results of the birdie. You can see the winning lineup, the salary spent, salary remaining, the fantasy points those players scored, you can filter by ownership over on the ownership tab here, see how much certain players were drafted in this particular contest. From there, you can also go back to that slate in general and then go look at different contests. So from the birdie, I can go into other contests and I can click on over to the Golf Millionaire, for example. That'll take me back to the DraftKings Game Center. And again, you know, I can jump back and forth and go right back to ResultsDB from here. The other thing I can do on the contest is there is a view head-to-head -head button here. I can click on that and compare the winner to another person and see the cap space remaining for their lineups. This feature is very useful for late swap contests, of which of course golf is not, but I can look at anybody whose game hasn't started yet and it will tell me how much cap space that user still has left. So if they had two spots not they hadn't started here and had $20,000 of cap space, they'd have two studs left to go, and you could see just how much cap space they would have left for their lineup. But you can also see it for completed contest, as I can in this case. I can go back to the View 3+, Plus, and that takes me back here, and I could look at a different user, go back into the head-to-head -head view, and that's where you're going to see the cap space remaining. So it's also very useful in head-to-head -head contests. And so if I go look at one of my head-to-heads in that same view, you don't have the view 3 plus button, but you'll just see the cap space remaining for the different lineups. So that's it for the different features. We can turn them on or off at any time. On Chrome, what you can do is click, right-click on the contest, or not on the contest, on the Roto-Grinders icon for the extension and hit Manage Extensions. That will take you to the Extensions page where you have this Extension Options button. You just expand that out and it will show you all the different free options we have and you can turn them on or off.
is going on, Rotor Grinders? Dean here at Dean 7904. If you want to get all technical on me, it is 504 on the East Coast, 204 on the West Coast, 404 Tennessee time, which of course means it's time for the flagship show here at Rotor Grinders. It's called Grinders Live. It is sponsored by Fantasy Draft. And joining me today, it's one big T. You may remember him from such things as uh, some fun videos there in the weekend on the old Twitter machine. And of course, who could forget the print factory? What's going on, Tony? Yeah, now that I'm back from this golf trip, we gotta we gotta do that one we've been talking about doing this week. Maybe we'll get that out for, for the people. Get Big Dean on there. We got a bunch of things we need to hash out. I'm ready. I got I got a bad voice today after the weekend, but I'm still ready to pick some winners. Yeah, I, I had a I didn't feel well this weekend either. I, on, on Friday, I was throwing some axes. That was good times. You ever throw an axe before? I have never. I seen DB sending me a video of it. Would you go with him? Yeah, yeah. Well, some of the RG guys are here this weekend, and uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's it's a real hipster thing. You're drinking beers and throwing axes. You got to sign a waiver. Uh, it's really a disaster. I bet you do have to sign a waiver if you're throwing axes around. <laughs> Everybody survived, to my knowledge. Uh, like if you can't, if you're wearing like uh, sandals, like they, they they make you like put on like clogs because or different kind of shoes because the way the blade comes back. Obviously, you can get into a sandal. It, the thing flies back on you, too, if you're not paying attention. But, uh, you know, it, it was good times. And, yeah, I think Dan did put a video of me up there. And uh, I got to say, it wasn't my – I have had I had some really solid throws. I, I took to it. I struggled at first. But once I kind of grasped the concept – Did you, you know, take DB down? We played it. We were on different uh, different lanes. I took down Jamino. He, Jamino oh. It was me and Jamino basically playing against each other. And I'm pretty sure uh, Jamino went down. I'm not pretty sure. sure what does pretty sure mean like there's a winner and there's a loser well it's not like bowling where like they give it like an electronic score or whatever but somebody was keeping score and i'm barely certain i finished second in our grouping so uh, i like it I yeah like it. i don't know if jimino yep there you go jimino in chat right on cue he says that i got the w so how about that and i, wow. I even he even the, said dean gets the w wow i hit a bullseye and i gave him the dx chop you would have appreciated it oh I, that i want that i would have loved <laughs> was it like up in him too did you get all the way up in him with it i mean i didn't you know i didn't get i gave him a space you know but you gotta like, get at least one leg like up in front of him and just start like <laughs> uh, we're in the pg era isn't that that was back in the uh what, what attitude era is that what it was called wrestling back in the day i think that's what it's called is that correct you know this i mean uh, i don't know what you're talking i got distracted because csu ram was in here talking talking here oh is that all it takes to get you all flustered are you blushing now I mean, I'm just trying to save up all my money so when I go back to Denver here in two weeks, I have enough to give some to him on the golf course. Is something going down? Is there something in the works I as mean, far he, as a he always, I always make a birdie on like the first hole and then he starts stroking me and oh Tony's the greatest, big T this, big T by the end I'm giving my, him my whole wallet like usual. CSU Ram is rope a dope on you, is that what you're saying? Oh, he's the master of the rope a dope. All of a sudden <laughs> he needs this, and by the end he's shooting, he's shooting like 73, taking all my money. I mean, that's what he does. Well, you know, you gotta get yourself a uh, handicap where you can uh, all of a sudden even things Thank up. Thank you. I do need strokes. CCSU, <laughs> I need strokes. <laughs> all right. Um, well, we should talk some baseball. It's a so it's a seven gamer. It's obviously a short slate and you know, it's, it might turn into a six-gamer for what it's worth, that KC game. Uh, there is some weather. It's dicey, Kansas City and Cleveland. Uh, as of this morning, Roth was not terribly optimistic. Of course, things do change. Uh, you know, it was so many hours out, and Roth will give an update, and he'll be on crunch time as well to give you the most up-to-date update as far as what's going down. But uh, screenshot as far as the slate T, it is going to be – Wait, speaking of screenshot, didn't you have screenshot life this weekend as far as uh, – 
you don't know why the gym was on Friday, did you not? Yeah, I mean, sometimes you get lucky, and when you're out drinking on the golf course, you, you pick some winning teams. It was like a, what, a 75K from the course. I mean, all my teams were made, like, between the 15th hole and the 17th hole, so sometimes you get lucky out there. Was that a Yankee stack? I didn't see what the team <laughs> It was the Yankees-Astros game stack. I mean, when you're out there, you can't really get – super complicated with your team so sometimes it makes it easier you just pick your favorite game and go with it i saw you had some golf screenshot life too right this weekend so congratulations <laughs> congratulations <laughs> i mean those are my favorite threads going and wilson everyone that knows wilson on twitter i mean whew, those are the best those are just the best threads you always can find one right did you ever <laughs> find one person that was like but wait a second my calculator <laughs> Oh, it's the best. It never unless, gets old either. Every time it's funny. Unless I'm missing something. Um, <laughs> so baseball, the highest variant sport tonight, seven game slate, possibly a six game slate. Uh, and we talk about the weather, you know, if that game was lost there in Cleveland, weather's also a factor in Chicago. Uh, weather edge is absolutely popping as far as the Cubbies tonight. Wind is blowing out. Uh, we'll take a look at that in a second. I guess as far as the screen share, maybe we'll pull it up as far as what's going down in Chicago, but obviously you know, home runs are likely, they're prevalent, 49.9% as far as an upgrade in a 65-game sample when you consider similar temperature, dew point, wind, and seasons past, games past. How do we handle this, Tony? Because chalk, you know, city in cast games, it's going to be all Cubbies, some Yankees, and, and some Braves. And, you know, I'm not sure if you read, you know, your best friend, Jesus Good, Dave Potts, his article today was awesome in the musings that he was talking about, he was digging in the numbers. And a lot of people this year have been saying like, Oh, you can't pay for studs. You shouldn't be paying for studs because everybody's banging out homers. And then of course, you know, there are anomalies like, you know, Verlander hits, gives up three homers and strikes out 15. It's like, okay, that's fine. You can give up three homers. If you're going to strike out 15 um, in cash games, you're supposed to pay it for studs. But on this slate tonight, the stud pitchers don't make a lot of sense. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second, but to first give you the overall screenshot because this is the highest variance sport. We're going to have really, really condensed ownership, uh, especially with the hitters, pitchers too, everybody. So how are we handling this? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those slates where it's tough to really get around it. I mean, first of all, I'm just getting rid of the Cleveland game. I don't, I don't like the game really that much anyways, even if the weather was good. So I'm just, I'm just not even going to think about it. I'm getting rid of it. I mean, sure, you could play the Indians and get some lower-owned guys, but I'm just crossing it off and not worrying about the weather and just treating it like a one-game less late. And then, like you said, we got three offenses that are just in premier spots. I mean, the Yankees almost have a seven-run total tonight, implied total. Uh -huh. It's just insane outside. It might be the highest I've ever seen outside of Coors. And we're going to see that a ton as this lineup gets healthy because, I mean, when you got good guys hitting at the bottom of the lineup, you're just – this team is just lethal with the home run ball. So, you got them and then you got – I mean, every time there's wind at Wrigley, 15 miles an hour plus, I'm going to like it. So, it, it's tough really to get around those three teams. And then you look at the rest of the slate, you got decent offenses too. Philly, Boston, e even the Mets have a pretty high implied total. Arizona always can score runs at home. But – it's tough really to get away from those top three teams for me. So my plan is to go way overweight and maybe find one low owned bat somewhere that can kind of differentiate me a little bit. Who's that one low owned guy going to be? I'm curious. Uh, I mean, you got to watch the show to, to, till we get into maybe find one somewhere. 
Uh, well, that's called a teaser. I'm going to stick around. I was going to leave like 20 minutes in, but now I'm going to stick around to the end now. Um, and it's funny. We'll talk about the pitchers. Like, you know, people are going to be – Drew Pomerantz is going to be popular today. He's like one of the guys that kind of helps you get there. He's one of the guys that helps you make a Yankee stack. And, like, you know, uh, the, the, the thing called leverage is supposed to play – some Rockies against Pomerantz, but of course, Story is out and Arenado is kind of dead. Yeah, I mean, are you really supposed to play the Rockies on this slate at this ballpark? You're supposed to play like anybody in baseball that's going to be like two or three percent owned against Drew Pomerantz. I understand the ballpark stinks. I'm not sure you're supposed to, though, in this spot. MME, like a tournament good concept. Yeah, I'm still just not sure you're supposed to play Rockies in this spot. Who did we, we saw Blender won a, a big tournament the other day with, with the Giants. Uh, I guess it wasn't that. I think that was in Arizona for what it was worth. It was. I don't there. know if that was a slate, a six-game slate with three massive team totals, though. I, I don't know. Like it could have been, but I don't think it's the right slate to play Rocky. There was more players to beat. This is less players. This player pulls smaller. Still though, right? but uh, I don't think you should play the Rockies tonight. <laughs> Look, I'm not dying on this hill. To be clear, I'm just sort of making. <laughs> I, I just think it's interesting that, like, you know, we'll talk. About, well, okay, let's talk about pitchers. Uh, you know, at the top, obviously, is uh, is Giolito, who's been awesome this year, but he's overpriced, and he's facing a Boston team that who really wants to pick on Boston, especially at this price. And if anything, the Boston salaries uh, got a duck deduction, and they're more appealing as far as the sticks as, uh, as opposed to Giolito. Kershaw against Arizona, I presume that you know the dome's going to be open once again because, as we always say, Arizona uh, they hate their fans. It's a dry heat, it's 100 degrees. We don't want to pay for AC, so they open that bad boy up. Uh, and like we have a when was the last time we've done a show where you haven't uh, advocated for Tommy Malone or, or Yamamoto? I, I don't. Who are you going to roster tonight? Those guys aren't available. I mean, there's a bunch of guys like Tommy Malone on this slate, <laughs> so we, we we might find a few other ones. But oh, man, I like slates like this because really you can kind of pick and choose down low because I don't think anyone's going to score a pitcher. I mean, there's all these good offenses. I don't really see anyone going over 20 DK points. So. I don't know. Like, everyone's going to play Eduardo Rodriguez, including <laughs> you, and I don't necessarily like him all that much. I'm fine with him. I mean, I'll definitely have some, but I don't know. I kind of like I, I like the White Sox. The White Sox are a team I could even see myself playing a little with. That's your They got a bunch of dudes in there. Moncada, who's your – what are your one-offs in the White Sox? It's definitely not, I never play Moncada against lefties, but, I mean, some of these guys up top, Timmy Anderson – this Eloy Jimenez always freaking crushes. So he could be like a, pl a plus one. Either one of those guys could be could be my guy. You mentioned that as far as you don't expect anybody to score with twenty fantasy points. And I pulled up the bat. Uh, Derek Cardi's the bat. Which, by the way, the I saw he tweeted out already today. Uh, the total in that Chicago game was the I think he said the highest the bats ever seen. Uh, I can't. Well, I can't remember what the number he was. It projecting. always factors weather. That's why I like the bat. It factors weather more than other projections. And I, with the wind blowing out and the weather decent, it has to be hitting weather. Uh, was it like fourteen or fourteen and a half or something like that? It was a monster number as far as the projection according to the bat uh, in that Chicago game. That's why that game's going to be. I mean, obviously it's going to be really, really tough to fade. Uh, but the point as far as the pitchers, like no pitcher feels like they're going to win this slate. Uh, you mentioned Erod. He, he's projected for less than 20 points. Gray, you know, should be solid against San Fran in a great ballpark. The biggest upgrade from a pitching perspective going from, you know, Coors to San Fran. Pomerantz, and the bats like Pomerantz all a lot this year for what it's worth. <laughs> it but this is a really good spot because 
again, I'm not dying. I'm, you know, stacked the Rockies Hill. I was just kind of making a point before <laughs> uh, for tournaments, extreme, you know, MMA kind of deal. But, uh, the, you know, Kershaw's a big name. But, you know, again, it's going to be hot, presumably, once again, in Arizona with the, you know, with the roof open. Uh, Marte is going to give it a go. He was questionable earlier today. So it feels like, you know, pitching just sort of survived. Let it be fine. Nobody's going to crack the slate. And it's all about the bats. Uh, is that is that a fair way to uh, summarize what's going down as far as the arms? Yeah, I mean, I do think you can get pretty good leverage with the leverage you were talking about. I think you could get if you were playing Giolito or Kershaw, just because. I mean, literally, no one is going to play Giolito. Like mm-hmm. on a slate where we just said pitchers aren't going to score, but if the pitchers, if there's anyone that does go off, I think it'll for sure be. Someone up top, I, I mean, like Kershaw could theoretically have a 30-point game or something. I mean, even Giolito's had plenty of good games. The spot's bad, real bad. But he's going to be – I mean, he's literally going to be like 3% owned on a six-game slate where if he goes off and everyone else struggles, like you have a massive leg up on the field. I'm not saying I even like him because I really don't, but – yeah. I mean, I think you can – if you're playing 150 teams, I don't think it's crazy to play like 10 to 20% of both of those guys and just – even though you don't like them, maybe you maybe they bank for you and hit a 30-point variance game in baseball. There's a, like a 95th percentile, whatever uh, outcome for Giolito, where he does put up like, you know, seven seven innings, gets a W, strikes out nine or ten. Yeah. That's something he can do. Uh, I just pulled up lineup HQ as far as the props, as far as the K props, the biggest number on the board today, speaking to our conversation is Erod and it's six and a half, uh, basically a coin toss as far as the juice. Uh, Erod's at six and a half, Pomerantz at five and a half, Gray at five and a half, Matt's at five and a half, Sabathia at five and a half, Kershaw five and a half. Giolito is uh, at least six and a half. For some reason, he's like, it's not in order, but there you go. Yeah, so Giolito in six and a half as well, so I'm curious if we have umpire data. I, I guess that's still kind of sprinkling through with. I got I got all the umpire data except Colorado. All right. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, extreme hitters for, for Kershaw and for Granke. We kind of ignored Granke, but you know, Granke is one of those deals. He's like, you know, he's a name brand. He's a solid pitcher, but he, he doesn't really care to strike you out. It's, and, you know, and obviously he wants to pick in the Dodgers, who are just ridiculous. Uh, can he get there? Sure. Uh, is that the only extreme we have? That's all we have, right, Tony, as far as the extreme uh, umpires? Yeah, that, that's all. That's all uh, without the late game in. But yeah, that's the only extreme so far. That country Joe West is is neutral. Has got the uh, F one game for what it's worth. Uh, Tehran and Lester hitters umpire, not like they need it uh, in, in Chicago. But uh, yeah, the only one we don't have just yet is a Pomerantz versus Gray because that is a West Coast game and it's a new series. Um, so you got to roster two guys. We got to roster two pitchers. We're kind of talking about them in generalities. Uh, Erod is like, you know, the absolute chalk, uh, like we talked about. If you're playing cash games, I think it's Erod. I think the combination for cash games is uh, on two-pitcher sites like Fans Draft, uh, like DK. We should mention, uh, there's a, a Fans Draft uh, a free roll tonight. So let's go ahead and drop that link in chat for the people. Not just the RG chat, but the, um, the uh, YouTube chat as well. Feel free to like and subscribe if you guys are watching this on YouTube. You got yourself a free roll there for, for Fantasy Draft tonight. But I think the cash game... Uh, pairing is Pomerantz, <laughs> which is just weird. Pomerantz and Erod. If you can get the Erod and Gray and like your lineup, I'm I'm into that too. I just don't know if you can get there. Uh, what are your thoughts as far as that? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's a pretty good place to start. I mean, if you throw away – so there's only six games in my mind. So if you throw away <laughs> Cleveland and Kansas City pitchers, you throw away the three pitchers going against the huge totals, you're eliminating five of the pitchers. And then if you throw out Giolito and Kershaw, all of a sudden you're only down to seven pitchers on the slate. Even Granky, you can probably throw him out too. I mean, there's no way I'm playing him against the Dodgers. So you're down to six. You got – Pomeranz, Erod, Gray, and then Eflin, CC, and Mats are, are kind of the, the direction there. I think they all score similar. I, I really do. I mean, I think Pomeranz is for sure my favorite. He's going to be the most chalky, so it's not like it, it's saying anything, but he's just so cheap, and he's in such a good spot, such a good park. Uh, sure, he's got he's got killed a few times this year, but <laughs> he's also had some good starts too. So. I don't know. Like, it's tough for me not to play Pomeranz. You got to have some Eduardo. I mean, I, I, my plan is to just mix mix it, all these six in. I mean, even Steven Matz. Yeah, he's fine. I know Philly has a big total, too, but I think you have to have some. And, yeah, I mean, just those six for me, I'm kind of going to throw the rest out. Maybe throw a little, little bit of Giolito and Kershaw, but I don't really like it unless you're playing 150 teams. Uh, Pomerantz says, you know, he's getting K's for this year for what it's worth, 23.1%. Uh, he's been unlucky, and he better have been unlucky if he's got the ERA over, above seven. It's 709. The one game he gave up like 20 runs in that park. <laughs> uh, the, the batting average of balls in play is 359, so there's some unluckiness there. He's also pitching in San Fran, and despite that, he has a homer and a fly ball of 24.1%. Uh, and it's only 51, 53 innings for what it's worth. And, you know, uh, if you adjust it as far as the Sierra and the XFIP, Four six eight four seven one, which still is not spectacular, but it is suggesting he's been unlucky, and also he's facing a Colorado team that takes the massive negative ballpark shift. And uh, you know they're, they're without story. We don't line up just yet, and Arnado is dinged. Uh, I don't know if he's going to go or not, but that would obviously be a nice little perk, a nice little plus for Pomerantz if there is no Arnado. And besides Arnado, there's really not much else in this lineup. It's just you know not good. I don't know how you don't lock Palmer. If if Arnado and Story are both out, like I don't I don't know how you don't just lock Palmer hands. No matter how many teams you're playing, just I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you don't lock. The book says you're not so you're not supposed to play Chalk Palmer hands. in theory that that's what the book's the general rule yeah, for sure. That's the reason. Like, say worst case scenario, he gets pounded into the ground and gets you a negative. You still might not lose the slate. Well, no, somebody's going to play, like, Sabathia, and he's going to get, like, 12 and beat him by, like, 17 or 18 points. I'm not saying you're going to win first place, but <laughs> you maybe cash for the negative from Pomeranz. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah. A any interest in Eflin? Yeah, I mean, Eflin and Eflin and Mats are both kind of the outside of the six, but I, I still would like some. I think there's upside in that. The problem is he just – there's a few tough lefties in there. The Mets lineup is kind of – it's tough tonight. It's one of the lineups that I wouldn't mind using outside of the three teams because Eflin is definitely worse against lefties, and these lefties are solid, but the righties in the lineup are good too. I mean, Pete Alonso has been yeah. amazing. And, I, yeah, I mean, I don't love them, but definitely want some of them. Oh, man, Alonso, we'll talk about hitters in a second, but he's one of those guys that could be a one-off that wins the slate. Oh, yeah. Playing. He's one of the, he's got to be one of the best plays of the slate as far as tournaments because no one's paying up for Pete Alonso 
in that game right out of the gate. It's just not happening. People aren't playing him, and he's got two dong upside every time. Yeah, I, why would I? I, I? I could stop at the stop at Rizzo, and if I want to be different, I'll play Freeman. Yep. You know, I mean, like Freeman's going to be high on too, though. Like everyone keeps acting like he's going to he? be. You think Freeman's going to be popular? I mean, I, I just don't see how he's not popular. I mean, it's Freddie Freeman in a massive total against friggin' John Lester. Like he, I know it's lefty lefty, but there's only six games on the slate. Uh, there's just no way he's not. Yeah, I mean, there's seven now. We don't know what's going down in the other game, but I understand you're only you're kind of ignoring that game and pretending it's not going down. But even if that game's up, like there's no first baseman you're playing over Freddie Freeman. What's his name? Is super cheap. He's he's really really. Uh, is he even did he even crack the lineup for? Uh, no, okay, never mind. I was I was who's the the terrible first baseman who I've been roping to playing a couple times this year as a full punt. I'm forgetting his name for some reason. He's for long on the team. team. Kansas City. Oh yeah. I don't play Kansas City guys, so I don't know <laughs> O'Hara or something. What's his name? No, it's it's a, he's a, a guy who strikes out a lot. Historically, he's got some power, and for some reason, I'm drawing a blank. I don't know why I want to say Billy Butler. It's definitely not him. Yeah. Guy, Lucas Duda. There you go. I couldn't think of the guy's name. Jeez, only popped up, but he's not in the lineup, so cross him off the list. Um, yeah. So. Just general thoughts. I mean, we're making it pretty clear. Like, you can play Julito in tournaments. You can play Kershaw in tournaments. They're not optimal. Uh, Gray versus Sam Fran. Don't have a lineup just yet, but Gray should be perfectly fine. As far as, you know, Ks this season, Julito, the clear uh, the clear guy on this board, 30.9% as far as striking out their opponent. So, he does have the upside. Gray and Erod are next up at 55 and 55%. Uh, there's fractions. I didn't say the fractions for whatever reason. But then there's Kershaw, who's still, you know, a good pitcher. But the K's are not dominant anymore. Twenty three point six percent. Any interest in Sabathia? Yeah, I think he's my third favorite. I'm pretty sure. I I like him a decent amount. I like picking on Toronto. CC throws all that junk in there to where hmm. I don't like Toronto against that. I do like CC. He could easily end up on one of my main teams. I mean, he he's my third favorite. I think. I, I for sure like Gray and Pomeranz the most. I think Gray will be the leading scorer of the night. And, yeah, I think he's my third favorite. Him and Eduardo are kind of right there for 3-4. Yeah, CeCe's got to get by on, like, uh, the, the, obviously the fastball is lost. He's got that – he's got to be crafty. He's got to show – he's got to guile. He, he, needs all, he needs all the adjectives, right? <laughs> he's He's the master of that, too, just throwing it in there and getting soft contact. And I think it's the perfect lineup to, to kind of – beat up on this lineup too or beat up on this line yeah this toronto team so i like cc i'm being told in chat apparently billy butler was last seen playing softball idaho i mean you can't, <laughs> just, you can't just make that up that has to be true right he was playing softball for a team named uh farm grade in the idaho falls parks and rec parks and rec uh He's gotta just murder softballs like just murder softball yeah Pawnee is a big rival there of uh, idaho falls in the parks and rec league. I, I played in a men's baseball league you said years ago with uh, Dante Bichette. Remember Dante Bichette? Yeah. Did you strike him out? No, I did not. <laughs> uh, the one game we played against him, I, I couldn't make it for whatever reason, so I wasn't there. But You didn't even uh, play when you were playing against the guy? That's, that's terrible. I wasn't available. I, I, I was out with something. I can't remember. If, uh, I had something going on. I just couldn't make it that night. And I didn't know we were playing against Dante Bichette necessarily, but uh, there you go. Um, anybody else that's worth a, worth a head nod, worth a mention as far as pitching? Because, you know, 
it's going to be, we'll show the ownership later on in the show. It's going to be super, super concentrated. Uh, or do you want to give us a, you know, give us a summary as far as the pitchers and jump to a couple hitters that uh, are your core plays you're building your lineup around? Yeah, I mean, I think pitchers pretty cut and dry, like we said. I mean, Pomeranz, Gray, CC, Eduardo. I mean, all those guys are fine, but I don't think you really have to go any direction. If Arnado's out, Pomeranz is for sure probably an all-in play for me or close to it. So, super simple. The hard part's going to be deciding what hitters to play because there's a lot of good hitters out there. Yeah, so um, it's pretty clear that it's going to be Yankees and and Wrigley, right? Like, that's that's the quote-unquote chalk. That, that's going to be the popular plays. Uh, that is the Mason-Dixon line as far as what's separating the popular plays from the, you know, the guys are going to be low-owned. Again, on a, on a six- or seven-game slate, you're, you usually don't see – you know, it's always relative as far as ownership, but it just feels like it's so strong as far as the ownership. Uh, uh, you know, I, there are places to wander off. Like, Cattell Marte against Kershaw, like, nobody's going to play him. Is there any reason to play him? The only reason to play him is that nobody's going to play him, and also he's good at baseball. Like, you know, baseball embrace the variance. Uh, as far as your lineups, give me, give me a guy or two uh, or a field, maybe, that you're building your lineups around. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to really get too crazy on this slate. So you got to play good guys like we were talking about. Like, I can't see myself really playing anyone in the San Francisco game hitters-wise. I'm looking I'm looking through those names. Like, there's really no way I go there. So my leverage is – Buster Posey. I thought you were a big Buster Posey fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I only play him when uh, – yeah, I can play him over Gary. Imagine playing him over Gary the Goat tonight. Like, <laughs> shout-out Cardi on, on that one. But Yeah. Whew. That one didn't go well for him, but Posey's uh, terrible now. Just, <laughs> now he was terrible three years ago when we had this argument. Like he <laughs> he's never been good since then. But yeah, I'm not playing anyone in that game. I'm probably not playing a ton of guys like in Boston, even though Boston's a good leverage spot. I don't think I'm really going there for that. I think people will people always play Boston a little, so they're gonna steal some ownership. And Giolito's good enough where I don't really want to pick on him on this slate with how good offenses there are. I know these three teams are going to be chalky, but I kind of still want to be above the field on them and just take my chances that I hit. You got to hit the right guys still, but I want to take my chances that I can. And then like we talked about, Pete Alonzo, Conforto, uh, Dominic Smith even, guys like that in the Mets side – on, on the Philly side, any of the righties, like Kingery, I think Kingery is one of the best plays of the slate. In the one hole, he has destroyed lefties all year, and Segura for that matter, one, two. Basically, any righty for Philly, any lefty, and Pete Alonso for the Mets, I think is great leverage. I don't think you should full stack it on this slate because of how good the other three teams are. Like, there's no way the other three teams aren't scoring some runs. So I think you picking you could even play like Kingery and Segura together as a little two man stack to go with it, especially at those prices. But I'm not going to play any Toronto guys either against CC. No way I'm playing Toronto. But kind of those are the spots I want to play good hitters as leverage, but in these other spots. That Philly Mets team, like the Mets are coming off that uh, that nonsense and the you know with Vargas and the reporter, and I guess they're having a team uh, meeting. Before the Mets are kind of in shambles, the Phillies are coming off a series where they got swept by the Marlins, um, and the Phillies have been uh, underwhelming. Of course, McCutcheon out for the season. Harper's been bad. Uh, you know, Michael Franco's been terrible. 
Kingery's had a weird career. You mentioned Kingery. Like, he was awesome. Like, the, when he came out of the gate, was he one of those guys, like, the first five uh, games of his career, they gave him, like, a four- or five-year deal, and then he signed that bad boy, locked himself in there, and then he was terrible for a while, and now all of a sudden he's been awesome. So it's hard to tell who this guy is, but as of right now, he's very good. And the, I think the talent's always been there, and it's definitely shining leading off there versus Matt's. Uh, certainly an interesting play. As far as Boston, just a general thought, you know, uh, who wants to pick on Giolito? Well, Betts is, what, 9K. Danny uh, Martinez is 8.3K on fantasy draft. Uh, you're getting discounts. Betts at 4.5 on DK, JD at 4.3. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm probably more apt to roster one of the Boston guys, just, you know, just because the discount's really, really good, uh, as opposed to rostering Giolito. Well, I understand why you'd roster him in tournaments as, uh, you know, he's the highest projected guy. Well, I don't know if that's true. He's probably got the highest ceiling. I guess we can say that based upon his K rate in the season. Um, let's uh, let's go around the horn, Tony. Uh, catch. I wonder what catcher we're going to like tonight with the Yankees playing. <laughs> I mean, it sounds crazy because he's so expensive and he's going to be high owned. But at this price point, I don't know. He might not be too, too high. So, of course, I love Gary. I mean, Gary's one of the best plays. But we do have options. Yeah, we do have options. I mean, both catchers in the Cubs game. Are, I mean, Tyler Flowers has always been one of my favorite catchers. He gets the boost. He gets the cheaper price tag. He gets the lefty-righty matchup. Basically, he gets it all. So, Tyler Flowers might be my favorite right there with Gary. But then you got your leverage spot I was talking about. James McCann against the lefty, against Eduardo. You got the short fortune left, obviously, with, with the, the monster in Boston. So, those are my guys. I'm not going away from that. So Gary, I mean, you can play Contreras too, but I'm not going to play Contreras over Flowers or over Gary. So I guess he's out for me. He'd be one of the chalky guys I wouldn't play. Well, hey, since we're, we're taking a victory laps against Cardi, I do want to give Cardi credit for this one for McCann, the whole uh, lefty master thing. The last two seasons, McCann versus lefties, he's got a 144 ISO. That's the that's not impressive. I mean, that's he's a way. catcher. Well, yeah. so it's it's great. We grade on a curve, I guess, for the, for the master thing. Yeah, we grade on it. Except for Gary. That's what makes Gary so good. Uh, Real Muto is underpriced for what it's worth. And oh, and if we're taking L's, I guess uh, I'll take my – I said Real Muto was the best hitting catcher in baseball last year. And I think Gary, you know, Gary's well, a better – he's better than Gary. Say it again? You said he was better than Gary? Yeah, well, I said he was the best hitting catcher in baseball. Yeah. Gary's Gary surpassed him for sure. Those minor league numbers, though, were rough for Gary. <laughs> that was the thing, right? He's, he's, the minor league power wasn't as legit as it's been in the majors. And, you know, I'll never forget that because he hit a home run like 37 straight days and people were still saying he was going to regress to the minor league numbers. Well, I mean, yeah, the <laughs> he had like a 480 foot shot in San Fran, like 30 rows up. And the power is legit, man. It's, <laughs> I don't know if it's a late bloomer, whatever you want to say. But uh, I mean, is it even late? Like some guys don't play as good in the minors. Like they just don't get up for it. They're just I don't know. Like that's that's a real thing. So yeah, Contreras, Flowers, Realmuto, Sanchez. It's pretty loaded, uh, considering it's only a seven game slate for catcher at the top. Super loaded. Like you could on a site like Fantasy Draft, you could legit play four or five catchers to be different. They're all in really good spots. Nobody's doing that, by the way. Nobody's, Nobody's doing it. And you could win a tournament doing that. Seriously, like all <laughs> these catchers, I really think five catchers could hit bombs tonight. So I, it sounds crazy on the surface, but 
you can play a catcher from the three high total teams and then Real Moto and McCann. That's five good catchers. Uh, and if you're going to flat out punt it, which like, there's actually an opportunity to cost the flat out punting today, uh, I guess oh, it's good quality. Don't, don't do that. Yeah, I mean, look, well, we have a little bit of salary cap, and I'm not encouraging it. And I don't like yeah, but we're not paying up a pitcher. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have – and also, like, some of the sites, depending on where you're shopping, players are just priced down. It's not that hard yeah. to get the you best. You can't pay down a catcher today because we just talked about these five guys. If you're going to pay down, it's for Real Muto or, or Flowers. Uh, first base, I think, you know, look, if you're just looking for the best play and you're not, you know, considering a thing like ownership, it's got to be Rizzo, right? Yeah, I, I kind of like Freddie Freeman more, but obviously Rizzo is going to be the most, he's going to be the highest owned for sure. He's going to be the best cash play for sure. He's cheaper than Freddie Freeman. He's in a lefty righty matchup against a guy that's always struggled against lefties. Obviously he's going to be the highest owned for a reason. So they're both great plays. I like Freddie Freeman more just because I think he's a little bit better of a player, and I don't. Lester doesn't. I, I, Lester doesn't worry me at all. Lefty, lefty. So I, they're both great plays. So it, it's just who you like more. I was looking at this, and like on a shorter slate, I, I, you know, we have more time to kind of dig in and dig, dig in on uh, individual plays. Uh, Freeman has not been very good against Lester, for what it's worth. Uh, again, it's not a big sample, and I was looking at the exit velocity too. Who hasn't been? Freeman versus Lester. Yeah. Uh, again, it, it doesn't mean I'm not playing him. Of course, uh, he's still in my player pool. And there's a couple others that kind of jumped out to me that I thought were kind of Omar Kekas was like a 95 uh, at bat sample size versus Lester, something silly like that. And of course, Lester has changed. He's been getting worse. And Marquecas has become a different hitter too as, he, as he's gotten I mean, older. But Freddie Freeman, six for 22 with two bombs. Like, is that bad? Well, I think he struck out like 10 times or something like that. Is that, is that up to. Do we get negative points for that or something? <laughs> Well, and also the exit velocity wasn't good. Wasn't uh, oh, good exit velocity. So if he gets it up in that hurricane, is the exit velocity going to hurt him? <laughs> By the way, Bowers is officially scratched for what it's worth. Uh, I, I saw a note uh, in the chat earlier that apparently he slipped, and I don't know where he fell. Or, I don't know if it had any, any to do with the weather or not. I don't know if it's even raining there right now. But uh, Bowers for Cleveland is not playing baseball tonight for what it's worth. But uh, Give me the pivots away from that game. Uh, you know, E5, he's not playing baseball either. He's That's the thing with this Yankee team is, like, they're going to have different guys wrestling every single night. Like, they still don't uh, – we've yet to see, like, full throttle their best possible optimal lineup, although I guess you know, the DH makes it a little tricky as far as a overload overloaded in certain positions. Uh, give me the pivots at first outside of the obvious guys. Abreu, I think he's an interesting one. Yeah, we kind of talked about it in the overall summary, but – like Pete Alonzo, I think, is one of the best leverage plays of the slate. Maybe the best leverage play of the slate just because of the price. And then you got obviously the the three the the three big guys, Boyd, Freeman, Rizzo from the good teams. And then the other two besides Pete Alonzo are Hoskins in the same game and Abreu. Abreu is probably my guy just because he's the cheapest of all the guys I like at first base. And I think he's going to be the lowest owned. I mean, he's projected 2% owned right now against the highest owned pitcher. That's leverage. If he comes in, he's not going to be 2%. He's got to be a little higher than that. But if he's under 5%, he could easily hit two bombs and win the slate. These are the type of plays I think you need with, like, say you stack Wrigley 
but you play a Abreu over both first basemen, oh, that's yeah. your leverage right there. That's all you need. You don't need to do anything else. Play the best players at Wrigley in every other position. If Abreu outscores Freddie Freeman and Rizzo, you're cooking, right? You're off to the races. I'm with that. I'm on board with that. Uh, Keystone position second base. we got Alves and Boti uh, in Wrigley. They do anything for you. You're like uh, DJ LeMahieu. He's pricey. He's expensive. He's shown more pop this season for what it's worth. Fiber Torres kind of buried that in that uh, stacked Yankees lineup. Those are the chalk plays because, you know, that's the teams that we're looking at. Robbie Cano, if you still believe there's some talent in that stick, he's super cheap. He's an interesting punt against Eflin in a nice ballpark. What do you have for me at second? Yeah, there's a lot of interesting plays at second base. It's not my favorite position because some of the guys in the good games aren't in elites. I mean, they just aren't very good. Like Bodie, Albies has been amazing. He's in the seven hole, but I don't love him tonight. And then you got the cheap guys. Like you said, Cano feels way too cheap. But do I really want to play Cano on this slate? I don't think I do, but he is cheap if you need him. And then the guy I kind of like is Rondone from the White Sox. He's just dirt cheap at a position where mm. I don't love the position. I just don't – I don't know. You got to pay super high price for Glabar and LeMayu. Glabar hits a bomb every game, though. So, <laughs> I can't really argue with playing a guy that hits a home run every single game, even if he is in the, the seven hole. I mean, how good does your lineup have to be to play a guy this good in the seven hole? And then Carnacion's not playing tonight. And just give him a night off. Like, it's just – it's just filthy how good this lineup is against a guy that can't strike anyone out. So, like, who do you? How do you rank these top three teams? Well, I mean, I'm a sucker for the the wind in, in Wrigley, and I got, just like Cardi, you know, he talked about how the bat it's just absolutely popping, and assuming the weather sustains, it's where it's at. You know, I I just I think the Yankees. The pitchers are a little better, though, too, aren't they? Then the Yankees, like, Sanchez has to be the worst pitcher of the three. Sanchez is not good. That bullpen's not good. And we'll take a look at it. All those bullpens, uh, you know, you know, we have bullpen data here on, on Play IQ. if you guys are free members. The XFIP, uh, as far as the slate, the two worst uh, bullpens for XFIP, you know what it is? It's Atlanta and Chicago. So uh, there's going to be some serious runs scored tonight. I'll tell you that. Because even these other teams, if you if you took away these top three teams, it would still be a good slate because the Mets, Philly, Boston, Whites, there's plenty of good teams still on the slate besides these three. Uh, I mean, I just might, instead of like stacking, I might just do like, you know, two here, three here, two there. Just like it fits in pieces though. You know, and I think that's kind of sort of somewhat different because, you know, a lot of people, especially those that, you know, uh, script, they, they say, we see Crane in the chat, though, you know, you can put the script rules in there and say, give me at least four from this team. Give me at least five from this team. And yeah. that's just one way to be different, you know, and now certainly one team above 15 runs and I might be scuffling, but there's different routes because we think there's a lot of runs to be had tonight. Uh, third base, hot corner, what do you have for me? So third base is not one of my favorites either. I mean, I look up and down the position and, Donaldson, I guess, is my favorite, but he's not, he's another guy that you don't love playing, even though he's been decent. And Chris Bryant feels too cheap. I mean, Chris Bryant has to be like, what, 40% owned? I mean, he's going to be super high owned. DK Donaldson. especially because uh, he's, he's third base and outfield eligible. 
Uh, yeah, good good point too. So he might even be higher than he might even be higher than forty with the, with the multi position, especially when you put in outfield where you can play three of them. Yeah, Brian's going to be super high. Donaldson too, but besides those two, and he's cheap by the way. That that, that we yeah. kind of the lead. He's, he's too way cheap. too cheap. Like just way too cheap. And another thing is just the position. Like the position isn't great. I love Kingery. Kingery. Kingery might be my leverage play of the night where on my main team, both sites, I think I'm going to have Kingery as my one-off type play, no matter who. I just love Kingery. I think he starts the game with the home run. There it is. I just he, – he'll be my dog of the day when we get to that. I just love the – I love Kingery tonight. Yeah, and again, we should at least acknowledge, like, if this Cleveland game is played, uh, Keller has not given up a ton of power, but he's not been good for what it's worth. Like, Jose Ramirez is still cheap. Lindor's still – you know, reasonable. They have a team total close to six. So uh, I'm a, I will acknowledge the existence of that game if it is going to be played. But uh, who are you going to play in that game, even if it plays? I like Lindor and Ramirez as pivots. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not going to full stack Cleveland. I haven't seen that they're going to throw in there for Bowers, but, you know, there's not a lot going on in that lineup otherwise. But it is a big total for what it's worth. And Keller, he's given up. He, one thing he can do. Uh, ground balls doesn't give up a ton of homers, but he's still not very good. Uh, shortstop, who do you have for me? Shortstop, we got. I mean, H- Javi Baez is always one of my favorite. I like him more against lefties, but he's just got so much upside that on a slate like this where you're going to need upside, I think he's elite in Swanson. I know we keep coming back to these teams, but shortstop's one of the positions where I do like Timmy Anderson, I guess, too. But I don't know. I don't love a lot of the options outside of these good games. I'm not going to really play Xander. I'm looking at the other top guys. I don't really like any of the other top guys outside of the three teams. You got Javi Baez, Swanson, and DD. Yeah. Obviously leading the way. But besides that, I really don't see. I guess I could play Timmy Anderson and Glabar maybe, but the top three are for sure the best plays. This is totally anecdotal, but this is kind of like watching him play and like, I feel like Javi Baez feels to be like more aware of when the wind is blowing out than his team and everybody else in the ballpark. He he seems to like swing for it. Like I, again, totally anecdotal, and there's no stats that. But just from watching him play, he seems like a guy that's well aware that all he's got to do is put the ball in the air uh, and it's going to go. Uh, so I, I I like him a good bit. Um, you know, just I think he's for sure going to hit a bomb tonight, right? Like there's no <laughs> way he doesn't. I wouldn't his say price is too cheap. Like these Cubs prices on DK and fantasy draft are just, they're too cheap. Correct. Uh, yeah. And, and there's no pitching yet to pay up for. There's no sale. There's no Scherzer. Uh, the, the pitching's just sort of, it's there. It's kind of mediocre. There's, there's perfectly fine guys in the mid tier that there's no reason we get to spend up for a guy uh, like G Lee to again, of course, in tournaments you can um, let's jump to the alpha before we jump into the alpha team. I did want to mention, we want to acknowledge those that are racking the RG badge, the, the rotor grinders avatar, uh, if you guys, of course, we'll drop the link in chat if you guys can learn more about this. Can't tell you all about it because we have a show to do. But uh, if you finish in the top 10 of certain contests while rocking the Rotor Grinders badge, uh, you get yourself one month of Rotor Grinders premium. Recent people that have signed up and are rocking the badge, let's go ahead and give the old shout out. We got Random, we got Lenny Nine, uh, Fanatic Indian, uh, D Dale 88, uh, Bopo 1959, W Mears. And Jordan High. There's like six N's and six I's. So I think I pronounced that correctly. I like that. You got the power going behind that. 
<laughs> Jump in the outfield. What do you have? Are you going to like Kyle Schwarber tonight? He's going to be a ridiculously pop boy, right? Like, how do you not He's one of him? those guys that, man, if you fade him, you're going to be hating life because he is in, like, as good a spot as you can have, and he's so cheap that, man, he's a tough fade. So what but do we do with him? Like, you just play it and just try to win a different way? Like, you know. I think so. I think for me, outfield is for sure the spot where I don't want to get my leverage in the outfield. I want to play – if I'm stacking Atlanta, I want Atlanta guys. If I'm stacking the Cubs, I want Cubs guys. If I'm stacking the Yankees, I want Yankees guys. I mean, I really don't think you should leverage yourself in the outfield because one of these outfields is going to go off. There's no way around it. And I think you should stack them together, too. I mean, I don't think you should really pick and choose, even though you can. I but just wait, no judge. We talked about the how there's no E5. There's no judge either. So that's again, <laughs> it's just a testament to how it's good it's just they so are. dirty that they can they can sit both of those guys who I mean, they've been out and they hadn't had E5, but still they're sitting both of those guys and they still got Glaybar hitting in the seven hole. Like that is just wow. Give me somebody off the board. Like, obviously, if you're playing cash games, you play Schwarber. If you're not playing Brian at third, you throw him on the outfield. Uh, you know, you don't necessarily need the salary savings, but if, if you need it, it's there. You can play Cargo. Cargo has been terrible in 2019, but he's super, super cheap. Uh, Jay Hay as well. All those outfielders for the Cubbies are in play. Acuna seems too cheap against Lester on the road, locked in presumably for five, you know, five ABs. Uh, you know, Riley is definitely in play. Marcakis, I don't love him against Lester. He strikes out a lot too historically against them. More so for Marcakis than like he averages what ten percent as far as his K's and he struck out like twenty times in his career against them. Again, BBP, it's a big sample for what it's worth. And Marcakis is fine uh, as far as a, a stack, but I would not you know play him as a one-off necessarily. We talked about the Boston guys being too cheap as well. Give me somebody uh, off the board. Are we okay with Stanton? Do we trust the power is legit and he's fine and he's he's going to show it soon enough? Hicks is too cheap as well. You can only roster so many of these guys in the outfield. Um, who are we prioritizing? Yeah, I mean, I, I love all the all the guys at the top. I mean, Schwarber, Schwarber and Acuna, I think, are my two favorites. I love Chris Bryant, love Aaron Hicks, love Stanton. But, I mean, all those guys are easy. I mean, like I said, any of the three games, those are just – they're just easy plays. So, outside of those three games, I think my three guys – the only three guys I would play in the outfield are Conforto, who, who I like that matchup, Eloy Jimenez, like we talked about for leverage, and then Kingery, if you wanted to use him in the outfield. I'd probably use him at third base, but I for sure want to play Kingery when he's eligible at two spots. And those are my only three. I really don't think you should get leverage in the outfield. All right, let's show the people what we have going down as far as uh, ownership. We want to see some bullpen. Uh, you know, D-Train has to – us to kind of show what we can do there in the plate IQ before we do that or as we're doing that as we're kind of shuffling over to the screen share and the people can start loading up some questions we'll knock out as many questions as possible before you step aside and get out of here make way for crunch time uh did give you me see this Roth tweet about Wrigley no what does he say where it said not a postponed concern but potential late start or early in-game delay can you no. imagine if those pitchers got knocked out early well that's oh, gosh yeah cool. <laughs> whoo <laughs> it would get real ugly out there. Did he update the weather? Is that what happened? I just seen a tweet. I didn't look at the actual weather part yet. Okay, I wonder if he updated the uh, the Cleveland Cleveland game as well. Give me three dudes that are going to homer in your favorite stacks tonight. So for me, man, just because Wrigley's going to be slightly higher owned, I, I guess just give me the Yankee side. Like Gary Sanchez, obviously. 
Stanton, and then my boy Kingery. I got to have Kingery for one for one of my bombs. And then I guess if I had to pick one of the three teams, it would be the Yankees, just because I've never seen a total this high outside of Coors, really, or Wrigley. And I think it's going to be just slightly lower owned than Wrigley just because of the win. I think that Aaron Sanchez is a way worse pitcher than Tehran and Lester. So I guess give me the Yankees and, and Kingery if I had to choose one thing. And like LeMahieu is like a little overpriced. Voight's a little like Voight's more expensive than yeah. Rizzo, and Rizzo makes more sense. Exactly. Um, you know, Urshela's not a sexy play. Neither is Gardner, obviously. Guys like that, I think, are super elite tonight. Urshela, like no one's going to play him, and he's still on a team with a seven-run total. Uh, all right, went ahead and dropped a link in chat for you guys as far as Ross update for the weather. He did that 4:15 Central Time, so basically about a half hour ago. Uh, it's orange-yellow currently in Cleveland, which doesn't sound terribly promising. Again, stay tuned for crunch time. Roth will give you the most up-to-date. Sounds better than orange-red like it was all day. Yeah, it's, it's it feels a little bit better, yes. I guess it can only go in one direction unless it was canceled, I suppose. Uh, as far as our pitchers, we talked about ownership being condensed. Uh, we're looking at, like, Erod at 42%, Pomerantz at 35 Gray at 31 So, you know, that's basically what we said. It's like that. if you're building your cash lineups, it's probably two of those three guys. Uh, Matt's at 22, Sabathia 15, and we mentioned Gilito 5%, which just seems crazy on a seven, six game slate. But like, that's what makes sense. Anything here stand out as far as the ownership of the pitchers? No, I mean, I do think that if, like I said, if Arnado is out, we don't have a lineup yet, right? Yeah, we don't have a lineup still. But if he's so. out, and he, it says 31%, I do think he'll be higher than that, but. If Arenado's out, like, I'm going to be close to 100% on Pomeranz, and I'm just going to take my chances. I don't think the Rockies can beat me without those guys on the road, especially in this ballpark. So, I know he's the highest owned, but I'll just go above that. And I don't really like Eduardo as much as the field, so I'll probably be way under on him. And then the rest of them, I'm just kind of throwing in. Like, I don't mind them. John Gray, I like. CC, I like. Matt's and, and Eflin, I want to throw in too, but I don't love any of them. So I guess my biggest leverage on the field would be to play over on Pomeranz and under on Eduardo. Yolo Pomeranz. I mean, just don't don't get wild. <laughs> Every once in a while he gets wild and just like starts walking the world. Matter who's he could definitely get blown up, but I don't. It's just such a good price that man, it's tough not to. Uh, the, some of the more popular hitters today, no surprise, Acuna, Schwarber. Uh, Rizzo, Baez, Donaldson. We talked about Cano as a punt. He seems to be one of the first guys that's not in those uh, main three lineups that will be fairly popular to some extent. Everybody else is just Cubs, Yankees, uh, and, and Braves, which is, you know, again, pretty, pretty clear uh, why that is popping. And as far as the plate IQ, we we're talking about the premium reports, uh, premium leaderboard, you can pull up the old bullpen. And we we're saying the as far as the XFIP, uh, Atlanta and Chicago are the two worst bullpens from an XFIP perspective. Uh, a little different as far as Woba, a little different as far as ISO for what it's worth. Uh, but Atlanta's still in the red. Uh, ISO, I believe the Cubbies uh, have been pretty good. Yeah, 133 from an ISO, from an isolated power perspective. But the wind, of course, would not help them. Atlanta in the red as well, too. Uh, five minutes or so, questions are loading up. Let's knock out as many as possible before we can step aside and get out of here. Can you use Segura as far as a, a DK cash play at shortstop? Like, you really want to get – Obviously, 
I don't see why you would use them in cash. Like all we're talking about with leverage is for tournaments. I mean, in cash, just I really don't see a reason not to play these top three teams in cash. I mean, their totals are just so high that I mean, you could play. I'm not going to hate on Segura. He's he's cheap. I think him and Kingery are both great plays if you want to play them. All right, let's just let's try to fly through these kind of a lightning round deal. Uh, Christian Walker, what are his chances of banging one off of a of, of a Kershaw? Like those are the plays I just don't think you need tonight. I don't. I mean, sure you can hit a bomb off him, but why play a hitter against Kershaw when you have such good offense on the slate? You like the Toronto stack versus CC? I mean, it's sneaky, or it's no, nobody's going to have it. What it's worth. It's just, like I just said, like there's no there's no reason to do it. Like CC throws junk in there. I mean, sure, it's going to be low owned, but I just don't think you're going to win the slate with Toronto. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind Vladdy. I don't mind uh, Gritchick if you want to play two guys or so. I just can't see fully stacking. I cannot play. Eric Sogard has got a ridiculous price. The nerd power is just uh, it's silly. Um, and, and what about CeCe? Would you roster him? I'm definitely rostering CeCe. I like CeCe tonight. I, I think CeCe's in a good spot. This lineup doesn't scare me even remotely. They got all kinds of guys that don't scare me. Really, outside of Laddie, Guriel, and Grichik, the rest of the lineup doesn't scare me even remotely. So, on a slate with this much offense, I'm I'm definitely playing a ton of CC. I know you get the blinders on. I know you're not playing 100 lineups, but if, let's say you're playing a bunch of lineups tonight. Would you would you grab yourself a couple D-backs stacks? I mean, I put 150 in that $10, so I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have one script for that that cheap $10 tournament. I'm not gonna have any Arizona. So, uh, thoughts on the Cubs BBP large sample size leads and leans in the, in the negative. Um, I mean, I did see what did I see? I the mean, sample th- wasn't in the. I mean, how much of that sample was in a 15 mile an hour wind going out at Wrigley? Probably none. Tayron had 116 plate appearances at the 168 batting average. And, you know, like Schwarber's four for nine. Uh, yeah, Rizzo's four for 20. Um, I mean, Contreras is one. Uh, there, there's there's nothing here. Bryant's, Bryant's one for 14 with seven strikeouts, which is like, you know. Those like are the I, kind of things that do worry me a little. Like, when I see a massive like stuff like that, like one for 15 with eight Ks and stuff like that, I do worry a little more when it's like that because he's not making contact. Lineup construction has forced me to punt with Galvis uh, on Fanduel. You think he'll be okay? I don't ever mind in a tournament playing one just random dude. It sounds crazy, but if that random dude somehow goes off, hence Tommy Listella early in the year, you you win the slate in baseball. It's not like basketball. You can't do that in basketball. You can't do that really in football. Baseball, though, if you have a perfect roster and you got to punt second base or something with just some crappy guy, I don't mind it. And another thing it does, it gets you different, which on a slate like this is great. So no matter what, if you love your team, you got a bunch of chalk in there and a bunch of guys you love, and you have to play one guy you hate at a cheap salary, go ahead. You see who's playing baseball tonight? John Jay is playing baseball. For I, when we were talking about it early in the show, I saw him. What team is he playing for? He's oh. playing for the White Sox. Any interest in John Jay? Like, he's punched. It's funny because I was talking about the White Sox when we started, and I was going down, and I was all the guys I liked, and then I saw him sitting in the six hole. And I like him for contact, though. He, I yeah. like him for hurting Eduardo. I think he's a tough at bat. He's usually like a, he's a bit of a pest, usually, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Bodie and Hayward, can you play them both? I think so. You have no you problem. You can play with anyone on those three teams. What about the KC stack? I mean, you're pretending that game doesn't exist, so you're not These playing. Questions that. like, I mean, why would you? Why in the world would you play KC on this slate? Uh, I I, I don't know. You don't can play, play KC on this. I'll make it easier. Don't play KC. Well, there you go. <laughs> like, just uh, don't do it. It doesn't make sense. How does one become a, become a goat like Big T? A lot of a lot of beating up on Dean. <laughs> Uh, and watching Dirty Grandpa. <laughs> uh, is a five-man Chicago stack too many for uh, for tournaments? No. Wait, uh, wait. which stock? I'm assuming they're talking about the Cubs. they got to be talking about the Cubs. I mean, like we said, so we talk about this every baseball show. If you play five Cubs and you play Pomeranz and Eduardo, you better find some low-owned dudes in those other three spots. Don't play five Cubs and three Braves. Like – Sure, you could probably uh, just don't play five Cubs and three Braves. Please don't do that. Don't play four and four even. Like, it's just too hard. Uh, unless you're playing 150 and you want to hit the combo. Or you're playing different versions of. Like, you're playing like, play a six, seven, eight. Like, that kind of thing. Yeah, or get way different like that. You can for sure do that. Like, if you played Cubs five to eight and Braves five to eight or something, like, that's a little different. I still don't love it, though. Play one guy somewhere else at least. Who's that one guy, Tony? We got to go. We got to get out of here. Tell the people who that one guy. I know you're throwing out a couple guys. That, is it Kingery? Kingery would be my one guy. If I had to choose one guy to get leverage on the slate, it's right out of the gate. He's going to hit a bomb in the first inning. No he's sweat my, at all. He's my, one, he's my one main leverage guy. He's going to be on a ton of my teams. D-Train's going to tell us to get out of here in just a second. Our fabulous multitasking producer. He's Big T of the Print Factory. I'm Dean. Thanks for watching. Enjoy your baseball tonight. We're out of here. Holler. 